Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon just started. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I am your host, Laser J, and with me, as always, is my good buddy and co-host. It's your co-host, Kai. Hi, everybody. Yep, we're back once again a week late, but you know, stuff happens, and uh, hey, this is the season finale. Uh, After Real life happens, unfortunately. Yeah, real life finds a way. Uh, in every possible meaning of that phrase, life finds a way. Yep. Uh, but, uh, as I was saying, this is the season finale. Uh, so it works. Uh, that just means we're taking May off. Yeah. It, it's not long. It, it was originally the plan to begin with, but with the stress that we're having over here, situations that people are going through, this is a good time. Mm-hmm. This is just fortuitous. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we come back, ooh, we got plans. Uh, so yeah. Uh, let, let's just... Uh, oh, this week we're talking about the Dark Tournament arc of Yu Yu Hakusho. That's season two. Uh, so that's hype. Uh, so yeah, but before the, oh, sorry, go on. Uh, how many episodes is it? Like 40 something? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's like 40 something. Mm -hmm. Uh, but before that, we got our weeks and our upkeep. Upkeep's gonna be a little bit shorter because I'm not up to date with Skate or Spider, but we're up to date more or less with Amphibia. Uh... But first weeks, Kai, what you got? Well, uh, other than, you know, life. Yeah. It, it life kicking my ass. Um, I have had the time to, like, get into a couple of things that okay. are... Oh, which one do I start with? Um, hmm. Oh, me and Adrian finally got to start watching season two of Thunderbolt Fantasy. Alright. Because we had finished season one, uh, and we had been planning on getting to season two because season three actually just came out. Nice. Season three is currently coming out, so we want to catch up on it so we can watch it as it's coming out. Right on. We also watched uh, Way of the House Husbands. Nice, yeah. Uh, that, that that's more of a motion comic Most... than an animated series, right? Yeah, it's basically a motion comic. It, I think, for people who don't like reading comics, it's good. To, you know, it it people process information differently, and it's for somebody who wants to check out Wave the House of them, but just comics just aren't their thing. I think it's a good compromise. Yeah, I I uh, I like motion comics more or less. They're not I I generally prefer either a full animated series or a uh or just a comic but 
full motion comics are fun because, you know, it, it's kind of like a, I mean, we all see animatics on YouTube for, you know, podcasts or whatever. Those are always fun. Yeah. They're basically that. And it gives a chance to give a, it's like a animatic and a audio book of a comic. It's fun. Yeah, basically. Uh, the, the main dude, the, the house husband himself was voiced by Seto Kaipo. The Japanese one or the yeah the yeah the Japanese the Japanese okay okay yeah I've I've never seen Yu Gi Oh and anything other than the four kids oh well the Japanese Kaiba is great I don't doubt it the way he the way he says blue eyes white as dragon is the the greatest but uh, he does a really good job for sure. Tatsu's a uh, great character, so... Oh, yeah, uh, that's... Yeah. So, getting... You gotta get the right voice actor for that. The only other person I could really picture doing that is, like... I mean, he's basically written, like, Kiryu, becoming a, a house husband. But he looks more like Majima. Yeah. Uh, so I I would like to see Majima's voice act. Would like to hear vo- Majima's voice actor more like how he was in Zero, where it's toned down. It's not the full <laughs> Kini Chan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then though this is a weird thing how this happened. Um, we I was just hanging out with people and we were just vibing. Yeah, and then. I don't know how, but I was just looking up shitty reality TV shows or weird reality TV shows or just reality TV shows just in general. I like where this is going. And there were, in 2013, there was a reality show, only ran for one season, called Who Done It. And the idea is that a bunch of contestants come to a mansion and have to solve murders like Clue. That that sounds really fun. Is it a, is that a reality show or a game show? It's a reality show, like reality okay. game show, reality game show. Okay, okay. Um, the and basically, if you get eliminated, you're gonna be the next murder victim, and then the next episode, the rest of the contestants are gonna try and solve your murder. Okay, I like that. Uh. This is the part where I say something that's going to piss off a lot of people. I don't like Clue as a game to play, but I feel we're like talking, watching I'm, people I'm, to play it. I'm talking more about like the movie. The movie. Yeah, because I I've, I've seen bits and pieces of the movie. I enjoy the movie, um, but I, I was just going to say I don't enjoy playing Clue, but I love watching people play Clue. So that sounds yeah. like a hoot and a holler. And the idea is that also one of the contestants is secretly the murderer. I love that. It's got to be that, that. That's how it has to be. Yeah, and the host is of course the butler. This is of course just like that that party game werewolf or whatever. Kind of, but like, um, it's really fun because what what happens is is that like. Some people think, when the show first aired, some people thought that people were actually dying because they would put them in, like, death makeup and they'd be in, you know, 
I love the... <laughs> oh, man. People not, thought not they to... were watching a death game. That's hilarious. Not, not to give too much away, but, like, some of the murders are, like, wild. Nice. Also, it's all on it's all on YouTube, by the way. Hell yeah! Like, there's a murder where a guy goes into the kitchen to cook his steak, and from the dumb waiter, a, a cougar is released. <laughs> but the cougar isn't what kills him. <laughs> uh, don't don't is, say anything coo- more. The cougar is a red herring. Oh, I love that. I love that. I link me to that later because I I genuinely want to watch this now. This sounds stupid and hilarious. Yeah, and we were all of us were watching it together in the server. We were all like, "Who do you think is the murderer? Like, it's got to be that guy, right? That guy's the murderer." And then he died like later in the season. We're just like, "Fuck! It wasn't him. Then who is it?" Who's the murderer? That <laughs> this is how they're meant to be. Ex- this is how reality shows are meant to be experienced. That you love watching. I love watching something executed as expected. Yeah, and it's a fun reality show. The only reason it didn't get picked up for a second season was because it was just too expensive to produce. Yeah, I can imagine. And that's a shame. Yeah. Um. Do you know what channel it aired on? I think it aired on ABC. Oh, there you go. Needs cable money. Yeah, needs cable money. Uh, it got a lot of like interaction. I remember when we were watching the the videos, there was like live tweets and shit on at the bottom of the screen and Damn. shit like that. So like they nice. got interaction. What year was this? Twenty thirteen. Oh, 2013. Okay. Yeah, it came out like seven years ago. Seven, eight years ago. So it's old, but like not that old. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's not like watching old seasons of Survivor or anything, but... That show is still on. I know. (sighs) (laughs) There were some reality... Slash game reality game shows I used to watch. I remember um, liking Celebrity Mole. I never saw that one. I think like the only I I hate to admit this. The only uh celeb not celebrity um like reality shows I ever really watched were like those horrible VH1 ones or MTV ones. Oh, like the one with the, like, Flavor Flav? Yeah, Flavor of Love. Um, the one with the, the lead singer from Poison. The one about Vanilla Ice. I never saw that one. Um, I have seen Vanilla Ice's uh, home redecorating show. Oh, yeah. Uh, he He lives in, like, Miami still. And he just, instead of rapping now, he owns a... Uh, a home remodeling company. Yeah, he he did that after he went Amish for a while. Wow. Which was also a reality show. Yeah, I don't... Th- oh, I do remember seeing ads for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, 
Flavor of Love, uh, Heart of Love, uh, Everybody Loves Brooklyn. Uh, I hate to admit this, but I did watch uh, the Hulk Hogan uh, reality show. I thought you were about to say Jersey Shore, and I was going to leave this call. Oh, God, no. I'm not that type of Jersey. I'm small town Jersey. I'm not... No. Uh, Mm. But the Hulk Hogan one, I saw that a lot when I was younger. Uh, Mm. It was fascinating, because they lived like one city over. I often saw places I knew. Uh, Remember the Osbournes? The Osbournes was before me. Uh, that that was before I really decided to give uh, reality shows a chance. Mm-hmm. I loved Cribs. I used to watch Pimp My Ride. Same. Yeah, that was another one I liked. Or American Pickers. Oh yeah, that that's I watched a lot of American Pickers and Pawn Stars when they first came out. I st- I still like American Pickers. I don't like Pawn Stars anymore. I haven't watched either in years. There was also Face Off. I liked Face Off a lot. The sci-fi show. Did you ever see I never, that? I never saw that. Is it based on the movie? Face no, 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 no. It's about. Um, special effects makeup. Oh, that... That actually interests me very much. Yeah, basically, the contestants would be given a theme every episode, and then over the course of a few days, they would have to make, like, a creature makeup or a, some makeup or, or a costume or something similar to fit the theme, and then they'd be judged. I would like to see that very much. Yeah, there was also a similar one that came on, also came on sci-fi called Jim Henson's Creature Shop that was just about puppets and animatronics. I did see that one. I think I saw that one like long after the fact, like on YouTube, like clips of it. Yeah. Uh, I have a weakness for uh, like the HGTV stuff, like Pro- Property Brothers. I've never actually seen Property Brothers. That's why uh, I thought. That's why I liked the Ottoman Brothers shit because it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was being, it was that it was Pawn Stars. It was tanked. It was Property Brothers. It was it just was like this weird little, amalgam it, of all those. It was also a little bit West Coast Choppers. Yeah, West Coast Choppers slash um, American Chopper on Discovery Channel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but um, like I like the. The one where... Uh, Ottoman Empire, rather. Ottoman Empire, <laughs> yeah. Um, the the one where uh, there is a home remodeler and a real estate agent, and they, they're, like, they're a team, but they're also, like, oh, I'll show um, this person house, a house while I remodel the these people's house. And keep it or flip it or something like that. Keep it or flip it, yeah. It was one, uh, yeah, it was that, yeah. It's still on. I still, uh, I only ever see it in, like, doctor's office waiting rooms. Yeah. <laughs> that is where you, that is where you see sort of stuff like that, because neither of us watch TV anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean... We have we we cut cable, uh, 
we ha- we uh, sort of cut the cable. We we have uh, Hulu with live TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just do the streaming stuff, not really watching live. We should probably uh, try and cut TV. My dad we would be better served just getting Netflix. Yeah. My mom she's slowly warming up to streaming. Uh because mm-hmm. this is the first time in like thirty years that she's gotten to watch Taxi. Mm-hmm. And she loved that show. So and she's also been watching like Futurama every night. So it it's like she's slowly warming up to I think I could eventually wean her to just normal Hulu. I think um if we cut the cable and we got Netflix for my dad and my aunt who are the only ones that use the cable, mm-hmm. we'd would cut the cable slash internet bill in half. Yeah. Well, that's why we did it. Uh yeah. because we retired the the cable companies and the, the cable internet provider companies kept uh like raising the price every year. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was like we can get a better internet price if we switch to this other internet company and it's a better quality of internet, you know, we're getting gigabyte service now. Yeah. Um and if you don't get it packaged and we just get Hulu with live TV, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We're yeah. saving like 20 bucks a month. And also, we just had our internet rate locked in for three years. So, hey. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I counted as a also back to the. I don't know if I counted as a reality show, but I watch Mythbusters all the time. Uh. Yeah. I, I don't know if I counted it. It's more. It feels more like. Uh, Educational. Quasi-educational? It's a Mythbusters is in a weird quasi state of what it. What even is it? How do you define? Yeah. How do you define what Mythbusters is? Because I I've had a lot of friends who, uh, they're you know they're like science STEM grad students and they fucking hate the Mythbusters because they're they they're not like proper science. Uh, I mean they're engineers at the very least. They're set costume designers. Well, Jamie and uh, the 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 B team, all of them have engineering degrees. That's true, but they still their career is mostly prop design. Grant Amara yeah. does prop and stuff like that. Uh, well, did, did should say pass. Uh, I mean, he also built peace, robots. But... Yeah, he did a uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff the Robot for uh, Craig Ferguson's show. Yeah, it's not like they're unqualified. Yeah, no. Uh, it's just... I don't know. They they just... Uh, this isn't my opinion. I'm just yeah, saying I know. what it's, I... It's, yeah. I'm just saying it's a stupid opinion. Yeah. Uh, um, it's I also did... a fun... For fun show, you know? Yeah. There were also... A... A couple of things that had come out that I had been meaning to watch, but didn't get to. Yeah, same. Uh, Odd Taxi came out finally. I didn't get to. See that. Also, the uh, the Dragon Real Estate show came out. Yeah. Also, Invincible came out too. That finished. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, got renewed for two seasons, by the way. 
cool. I mean, for two more, I should say, two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, we're either going to have to wait for that series to end, or, or, or you're going to have to find someone else to do it with. Because you'll spoil it. I I won't be able to stop myself from talking. I've read the comic in its entirety. Like, I have... Yeah. The vast majority of the trades. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I won't be able to stop myself. Uh, I got That is my favorite superhero comic. Period. Um, Okay. I won't be able to stop myself. We'll either need to wait for it to finish, or find someone else to sit in for me <laughs> yeah. um but anyway uh, yeah uh, that's that's it for me okay oh actually mm-hmm. i had a plan for invincible actually uh-huh uh but we'll talk about that off mic got it uh off the air i should say um mm-hmm. uh that's it for you though mm-hmm. yeah that's it okay uh let's see what do i got on my end oh yasuke also came out yeah i didn't mean i've been meaning to watch that too but i have i i don't have netflix uh it's on watch card i know but it the dub isn't actually dubbed well anyway yeah and i didn't see it subbed i mean i'll look for the sub but um yeah anyway um we don't condone piracy on this show. No, no. I'll edit all that out. Don't worry. Uh, uh, so, yeah, my week. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Uh, speaking of things that just came out, uh, Bird Girl came out. The sequel to Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law. Harvey Birdman Attorney. And it's really good. And it's if you're feeling a void in your life left by Paget Brewster with DuckTales ending, hey, she's back as Bird Girl. Good. Uh, and it's basically they're kind of the same character, uh, but different. You know, different, different tones, but sort of you know headstrong, plucky, uh, boss lady. Uh, One might say girl boss. Girl, that's the word I was thinking of, yeah. Uh, I still don't know what that means. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not, but anyway. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, mm. It's real good. It, it's only a couple episodes in. Uh, it very... She is the only returning character from Harvey Birdman. Okay. Uh, which I know a lot of people are upset about. Wait, no! Men talk the mind taker! We'll get there. Um, yeah, no men talk, uh, no Phil Ken Seven, no Peter Potamus, uh, no Peanut. I can live without Peanut. I can uh, live without no Peanut. Avenger. I can't, I can't live without men talk the mind taker. We'll get there. We'll get there. Hold on. Okay. Um, but the, the the premise is Phil's dead for real this time. Huh. Uh, except I totally expect him to show up in the last episode of the season. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, that 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 is my expectation. Yeah. Uh, but also, I would understand if I'm wrong because Stephen Colbert has a full time. You know, he does that nightly show. Mm-hmm. He's a talk show host now. So yeah, or late late night late show host. Yeah. So. Uh, he probably doesn't have time or as much time to do uh, Voice voiceover acting. work. Also, he's a much bigger star than he used to be. This is true. Uh, he was still a uh, Daily Show correspondent. He didn't even have the Colbert show when Harvey Birdman came out. Yeah. Uh, but that's besides... Actually, it's funny... Uh, he wasn't in the last season of Harvey Birdman because the Colbert Bear show started and they couldn't afford him anymore. Sounds about right. Yeah, and that's why they could only afford him for, like, the last two episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, fun fact. Um, mm-hmm. or it was something like that, or it was just he didn't have the time or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, Phil's dead, and he names Bird Girl, not his daughter, Bird Girl, because he doesn't know Bird Girl's his daughter, as his replacement, as the head of Seven and Seven, mm-hmm. which is now not just a law firm, but like a giant megacorp. Oh, like a multi-billion uh, dollar, yeah. has, does everything type of company fingers and all the pies yeah yeah uh judy that's her name uh he doesn't name judy as his replacement he names bird girl specifically Uh, yeah uh but by the end of the first episode judy's in charge even though they're the same person Mm uh and her uh second in command is her friend whose first name I can't remember, but her last name is Mindtaker. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not Mentalk, but it's... Imagine Mentalk was a thin, late 20-something, early 30-something woman mm-hmm. uh, who's used to working in the executive field. Okay. Uh, and she does the mind takey, and... <laughs> Now there's a TOS before she hey, does the mind hold. taking. Hey, I have to hold on a sec. I have a okay. I'm going to start. Yes. I won't. Ooh, sausage. Okay. Sorry about that. Ooh, Future laser cut that. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, like now there's a a TOS agreement before uh, she does the mind taking. <laughs> it's a time to sign terms of agreement before I do the mind taking. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, it, it's funny. It, it's really it's the same style of humor, but it is aged up to the modern period. Ah, okay. I find the humor is still on the edgy side. But it's not as, like, glaring as going back to old Harvey Birdman is. Yeah. Uh, Because 
I also got in the mood to this got me in the mood to go back and rewatch Harvey Birdman, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I've been doing. I'm up to season four. Um, okay. Uh, there's nothing really to talk there, and th- this is the part where I sadly say we're probably never going to do it for the show. I mean, yeah, it's it's a pure comedy show. There's nothing yeah. to talk about other than the gags. Yeah, th- there's nothing to talk. Well, no, there is something we could talk. We could talk. About, we can make an episode that's all centered around uh, reusing Barbera. old animation. Oh yeah, that yeah, the, yeah. Or Hanna Barbera, but reusing old animation. Space uh, goes coast to coast. Robotech, etc. C Lab. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, we could just do an episode dedicated to Adult Swim. That's true. Uh, early Adult Swim, I should say, like early aughts Adult Swim. Um, but on its own, there's not really much to talk about other than it hasn't aged that great. But I still find a lot of it very funny. Not yeah, all I'll... of it, but a lot of it. I'll say this: um, when. Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, and Birdman were on coming on. I didn't appreciate them, but seeing going back and looking at clips and stuff, uh, there are two things. One is from Space Ghost, and one is from Harvey Birdman, and they are legitimately one of those two of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Okay. The one from Harvey Birdman is a uh, uh, first name, last name, and occupation. Lizardman, Lizardman, Lizardman. And then the other one was from Space Ghost when Harvey Bird when Birdman took Space Ghost hosting job for one episode. Yeah. And then Space Ghost came back because I thought he was dead. And then Birdman's like, "You're supposed to be dead." Yeah. And you're supposed to be dumpster diving for ham scraps, you six piece chicken McNobody. <laughs> <laughs> that that's why uh, Birdman got the show. Uh, that that that's why they made uh, Attorney at Law. Because they were like, we could do something with this after that. Yeah. Dumpster diving for ham scraps, you chi- yeah. six-piece chicken McNobody is the funniest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I always appreciated... Uh, I remember uh, Space Ghost before it was on Adult Swim, when you could find it on in the middle of the day on Cartoon Network, because they had like no other programming other than... Interesting about uh, Space Ghost. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but it is both the first original programming that Cartoon Network had, mm-hmm. and it was also the first original programming that Adult Swim had. Hmm. Uh, because it first premiered on Cartoon Network in like 1994, in like the middle of the day, before there was Adult Swim. And then when they started Adult Swim, it was the first show they showed on Adult Swim. And everything else on Adult Swim was reused from elsewhere. It was Baby Blues, which was, I believe, a ABC cartoon. TBS? No. ABC One of those letter fucking channels. Yeah. A network. A regular network. Uh, And same with Home Movies. Home Movies was definitely UPN. I know that for sure. Yeah. And uh, actually, it, might it wasn't long after that that they started doing like it, it, they did the, that stuff for a while, and then they finally started to do stuff like um, 
uh, Brag Show and uh, you you the got Aqu- the uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. You got the spinoffs from Space Ghost. You got Aqua Teen Hunger Force. You got the Brack Show. You also got Sea Lab. Yeah, Sea Lab, uh, which, yeah. which was not a spinoff, but it was the same concept of reusing old animation from a Hanna Barbera adventure cartoon. Yeah. Um. There's really a whole episode here. There's <laughs> so a whole episode gonna... here. Let's save it. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, Space Ghost is fun. Uh, Harvey Birdman is fun. Neither has aged super well. Uh, but the parts that have are still funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bird Girl, very good. Got it. Uh, I, I wholly recommend Bird Girl. If you like the type of humor from Harvey Birdman, but Mm-hmm. modernized yeah uh uh what else i started watching that uh ultraman anime that was on oh, netflix the, the netflix one yeah yeah is it any good eh, i got I, I i watched the first three episodes and i was like i'll keep watching this and then i never did mm-hmm. uh because I just wasn't in the mood. I might get back to it at some point when I am in the mood, but I have not been in the mood. Fair enough. Um, I started uh, Common Writer Zero One, but oh. I haven't made it that far in it. I haven't okay. made it that far. I'm not really nothing to talk about there, other than I like the premise. Uh, I think I understand why I don't remember anyone really talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have an idea of why that is, but. Well, you know how everyone goes on and on about how the the suit from Build is like their favorite. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Zero One suit. Well, people were talking about it. It was just like on the Toku tumblers. Okay. I feel like I remember. Uh, well, no one was really talking about Zio when it was on. Well, because Zio sucks on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um. I guess because I sometimes on Twitter, at least, I hear people talking about Saber every now and then. Uh, yeah, because Saber ju- is like the current one. So, well, yeah, I know, but when Zero One was the current one, I don't think I heard people talk about it at all on Twitter. I, I mean, to be fair, Laser, when Zero One was sort of in its sort of in the middle of its run, you left Twitter. Thou okay? That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, uh what's the consensus on the Zero One suit? Like people people uh, like it? People seem to like a lot of the suits in Zero One, yes. Uh, yeah. That's the consensus. So people seem to like Zero One in general and I'm happy we had a good start to the new era. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't yeah. know, who, for those who are uninitiated, Common Rider is split into eras based upon the current emperor. Yeah. Uh, the original Common Rider, and up to a certain point, was the Showa era, and then up until very recently, it's been the Heisei, Heisei. era. And then now, now it's we're the, in the Reiwa. Yeah, now we're Reiwa. Yes. Although yeah. there's a weird fan distinction, a lot of people consider a post decade but pre-Reiwa to be Neo-Heisei. Interesting. Because Heisei ran so long? 
yeah, well, it's not just that because Decade was the celebration of the the first ten years of Heisei, and it felt like a, uh... and then Double, and then after D- Decade, Double kind of felt like a fresh start, like it felt like a new era. You know. Mm. Yeah. Basically, everything after like Double happened, and then everything up until the Reiwa era was like, there was definitely a shift in cinematography and just sort of the, a general vibe. Like, the neo Heisei yeah. stuff gives up a different vibe than, like, the early Heisei stuff. I really feel like you could do a better distinction mm-hmm. than just the era it's from, because there's a lot of early Heisei stuff that I thought was Showa. Like, for so long, I thought Kuga was Showa. Well, it is the first of the Heisei era, to be fair. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. It's the, you know, it's the first, it's the common order had been gone for years after, uh, uh, Shin, because, yeah. like, Slash Black RX, because, like, Ichinomori had passed, and then mm. there was the, and then the big revival happened, Kuga coming back, um, and then the Heisei era beginning, basically. Okay. okay. Alright, well, uh, yeah, I started Zero One, but I, I don't really have much to talk about there. Okay. Uh, I'm not that far, I think I'm only, like, yeah, I'm only five episodes in. How do you feel about uh, the, uh, the, 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 a jump to the sky becomes a writer kick? Oh, I love all the, the random English quotes when, uh, any of them transform. Yeah. I, I love those. Those are so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's real good. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Um, looking at what I got. No. Uh, more Neopets has been happening, but there's not really much to talk there. Um. Oh, Steam had a uh, has a uh, still has it. It's it's ongoing. So if you're listening to this, you can go and get it. I think it's good. I think it's going on till the tenth. But uh, a Golden Week sale. Hmm. Uh, where they're honoring, like, uh, sorry, it goes on until the 6th, May 6th, so, you've got until Saturday. Yeah. I'm sorry, no, until Thursday, Mm. um, until Thursday the 6th. One of those days. Uh, Yeah. Uh, but it's sales on, uh, Japanese games, basically, from Japanese companies. Okay, cool. Uh, so I picked up uh, Digimon Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition. Uh, just picked it up yesterday, just started it literally oh. this afternoon. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but it's... I, I thought I was out of the uh, monster battling stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, because I just don't, I also just don't really enjoy JRPGs, turn-based RPGs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'd been reading about this specifically, like I was looking into the system and how it works and how you can the Digimon evolution lines and all that, and how it yeah. works in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was really feeling it. I was like, yeah, this this doesn't seem that bad. And when you really get into it, a lot of the uh, farming is like automatic. You just put them in the farm. 
Okay. Uh, there's literally a farm that you can send Digimon to to get specific uh, stats up. Okay. Um, but that's more useful late game when you're trying to... Get specific evolutions, yeah. Yeah, well, it's so... Okay, the way the Digi... I've already started doing it a little bit because I've read uh, it helps starting from the start with... Because uh, there's one stat that... Okay. You've got your stats, right? And they normally raise in combat, uh, just leveling, but you can also raise specific stats in the farm. But there's one stat, your ability stat, that only raises by D-Digivolving and Digivolving. Hmm. Uh, and there are certain higher level Digimon that have ability requirements to get. Ah, yeah, like some of the Royal Knights or what have you. Yeah, but also, like, um... I'm trying to get, uh... I'm working towards, uh... Three specific, uh, Digimon right now. I'm working towards, uh... Uh, Justamon. Oh, yeah, Justimon's cool. Yeah, I'm working toward... Hmm? Speaking of Kamen Rider. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... I'm basically trying to build, like, my, uh... My dream, like... If there was a Tokusatsu Digimon team, this mm. is who the the three I'd want to see in it. Yeah. Um. So it it's Justamon. Um. Uh, hold on. It it's Justamon. Fuck, man. I'm sorry. I I confused myself. Um. I'm sorry, four, not three. I'm working towards four. Mm-hmm. Um, so Justamon, uh, 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 sorry, I'm have this all. Uh, Pile Volcamon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Black War Greymon because mm-hmm. I'm basic. Black War uh, and Simon. Yeah, I mean. It, Blackboard Dino Dinobot. Blackboard Dinobot Mon. I mean, I just call him Blackboard Angsty Mon. Yeah, no, that that's fair. I just I remember being like eleven when mm-hmm. his arc came up, and I just immediately drew the the line. This is Dinobot from Beast he- Wars. Why do I exist? Yeah, he's like the honorable warrior trying to find strength. But he's also angsty and confused, and I love him. He, he's my horrible son. He's a Shadow um, the Hedgehog. He is sha- He is. You're right. And that's probably also why I love Shadow the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all Dinobots to me. Fair enough. And then the last one is uh, Boncho Leomon. Yeah, Boncho Leomon. Yeah. Boncho Leomon almost- rules. Yeah, they do. Yeah, he does. But I'm trying to do it through specific evolution lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started. You, you. Uh, I'm doing regular Cyber Sleuth first. There's two games included here. One was actually a, a DLC campaign for the, oh. but it it's um not a sequel. It's a uh, parallel story that doesn't okay. really intersect, but takes place in the same world at the same time. 
Gotcha. Uh, and you have different starting Digimon in each one. Okay. Uh, I went with uh, Hagurumon for my starting Digimon. A little gear boy. Yeah. Uh, but then I de-digivolved him down to Motomon. And then I re-digivolved him up to Solarmon, which is just hmm. orange gear boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'm working him up to uh, Starmon. Mm-hmm. And then Super Starmon, and then Justamon. Yeah. And then with uh, uh, Pile Volcamon, I'm going. Uh, sorry. Uh, right. I'm going Armadillomon to Golomon to Volcamon to Pile Volcamon. Got it. And then Black War Greymon is going. I can't remember which one I went with here. Because I, I, you don't have to go through every single, you know. Right. No. Uh. Sorry. I I figured it out. Uh, I want to though. Okay. Because I I spent most of my afternoon planning this. <laughs> All right. Uh. Uh. I'm going um Dorumon to Cyclonemon to Megadramon. Uh. To Black War Greymon. And okay. then Leomon. Leomon's easy. It's Alekmon, Leomon. Uh, then I'm doing uh, Pangeomon. And then Bancho Leomon. Yeah. I thought it would have been Graph Leomon. Yeah, I just like Pangeomon more. Because it's just Leomon in white. I just like Graph Leomon because he's Leomon but with like turbine punches. Yeah, I mean he's cool, but I don't know. I mm. I just I like Pangeomon more because he's just like Arctic Lion. Fair enough. It it's my stupid. Uh, I will always take the more stripped down look over the busier look. Mm. And I like how stripped down Leomon is, and Pangeomon <laughs> is the same thing in a white palette swap. There's a lot of people who like how stripped down Leomon is. <sighs> you walked Corny. right into it. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking did. Uh, anyway, that's probably going to be the next while of my life. Got um, it. I don't got anything else after that. So let's just get to Amphibia. Alright, there's uh, a lot of Amphibia to talk about. Yeah, and this is the part where I need to check. Um, okay. it, we're, we're doing 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, right? I believe so. The last episode we talked about was um, uh, the one with uh, I, just, I, forget, I just had her name, Ivy and her mom and coming back to We World didn't talk Wars. about the first temple? Uh, we did we don't we didn't did we talk about the first temple? I thought we did. We, I think we did. The one, yeah, yeah, we talked about the first temple, yeah, because we were talking about the uh, because we talked about the hop pop, uh, and uh, and 
plot point still continuing even after that one episode. Yeah. So yeah, and we talked so about we've the got, yeah, first couple. Yeah, so we've got New Wartwood, Friend or Frobo, Toad to Redemption, Maddie and Marcy, The Second Temple, Barrel's Warhammer, Bessie and Microangelo, and then uh, the one about a dinner party, and then the Battle of the Bands. Battle of the Bands and Dinner Party were not on there when I was watching. Okay. Uh, they did go up on Hulu, but they're not on the yeah. website yet then. Okay. No, they're not. So, the most recent ones. Okay, so we're not on... So the Dinner and Battle of the Bands will be next time for us. Um, yeah. Apologies. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So first... No. Uh, New Wartwood, Friend or Frobo. I'm glad we're getting episodes remember. about Marcy. What were you gonna say? Yeah, uh, except for friend and friend or Frobo. Yeah, I was just gonna because we we're, we're talking about um, uh, New Wartwood and was like just to start off. I'm glad we're getting episodes about Marcy. Is all. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That this was a good uh, expansion on Marcy's per uh, Marcy. You know, we we saw her. Uh, Facet, you know, yeah. Uh, This was the one where she tries to... They set up really early that Wartwood is just the perfect way to not sink into the swamp, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. The the thing about this episode is is that, like, the last thing we did with Marcy was about her hyperfixations and not seeing... Basically seeing the trees for the forest... Yeah. The four, or yeah, she focuses on one thing and doesn't see the picture. This is more about her. Um, I think she, this probably has to do with Sasha. She wants to have um, validation. Yeah. And be accepted. Yeah. And and I think that this is probably her because of her being with Sasha for so long. She needs that like constant uh, validation and support basically and she got that in utopia because they appreciated her you know intelligence but here it's different i you're not wrong but i don't think the sasha thing necessarily ties into that but i'm de- i'm working with additional information mm, that okay. i don't want to spoil got it all right um Uh, just want to say the Sasha thing is not as much a factor as you think. Okay, it's just her. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It 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 was good. You know, it it was a it expanded the lore of Wartwood. Uh, the deep Wartwood lore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it it's always good to get you know ex- character focused episodes. You know. Yeah, because we haven't had enough time with Marcy. I'm glad she's getting to, like, do stuff. Yeah. And then, hey, we finally get it. The robot. Yeah, the robot turns out to be friendly. And now he's just part of the family. And now he's just here. Yeah. I love you, Frobo. Frobo is the best. And I'm still kind of expecting something bad to happen. Something bad will happen. You realize this, right? Yes. The, there's there's going to be a turn. There's going to be some sort of, like, 
he's going to get hurt or destroyed, protecting somebody. This tragedy is right there. It's happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. But it's um, right there. This was the first Polly episode we had gotten like in forever. Quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, teaching her about responsibility. Yep. And then Toad to Redemption was that. Uh, was that uh, the mayor? Yeah, that was the mayor. The mayor. Not okay. accepting yeah. the job to be, Yeah, you know. Which, I didn't see that turn coming. No. Like, uh, at all. He's definitely sort of in that, uh, he's become too likable, and so they need to have him grow as a character to not be a caricature. Yeah, they need to. And this was that. Yeah, they couldn't keep the shtick going for a long, too long before, like, why would we hang out with him? You know? Yeah. They needed to, like, make him less of a jerk. Which, I mean, to be fair, they had kind of set up early on. Like, at least in the, the end of season one. Yeah, because he sided with the town over the toads. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we did get a little bit more of uh, Toadie in this, which is something we've been asking for. Uh, two of them being not a, gay. Not really. Yeah, basically. It's very good. I loved at the end when he was just like coddling him. Everybody's like, and was like, should we, should we be watching this? <laughs> like, it, it. I read it differently, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I read it more as like a um, a codependency situation. That too. Yeah. Uh not not the healthiest relationship for either side really. No. Uh, but you know. Yeah. I love that it was uh, Toady that was like, oh, "Sir, who are you?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought uh, he was going to be a Smithers type where he was going to be happy that he was being a good person or something. Yeah, no, he he's just as much a uh, ambitious person as the mayor used to be. Literally, which I, a I like personally. A literal toady. Yep. Anyhow, then hey, you you were just saying you want another Maddie episode, so hey, here we go. Yeah, I. Uh, I fucking this is good. It's very good. I mean, Marcy rather. Uh, was I saying no, Maddie you, earlier? No, but I mean, like, last time you were talking about oh, I hope yeah. we get another Maddie episode. Like, yeah, last episode we were talking about I like Maddie, I hope she gets another episode. And we not only got an episode with her, we got another episode with Marcy. Yeah. I'm happy for that. And, of course, yeah. they they made the joke in the episode itself with Anne and Sprig, like, you ever think it's weird when the main characters aren't in the episode of the show? Or <laughs> like, nah, you never notice. <coughs> yeah, because these last few episodes have like Anne and Sprig and like the Planters really haven't kind of been. So it hasn't been about them. Yeah, we'll we'll get a lot with them later on. Oh yeah. Um, it's just nice to. You know, because we focused so much on them, especially when they're on the road during the road trip. It was just dead, just them. So it's nice yeah. to just kind of step away and try to focus in on some of the other characters. 
Yeah, because this really is like, I mean, they are the core of the show, but uh, it is very much an ensemble show. Like, it, it's fun seeing all these side characters and we didn't get the side characters for so long. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's uh, nice. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. They were gone from the ensemble cast for so long. This is sort of like, it's a way to not only, be, you know, have some focus on the ensemble cast that we left behind, but also like let Marcy kind of be herself because Marcy hasn't had a lot to do. So it's it serves a double purpose. Yeah. Also, it's a little bit, uh, you know, like we can pay the voice actors who haven't been on half the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's that. There is that. Yeah. Um, Good point. Then, moving on, Second Temple. Uh, Second Temple was real good. It was a lot of... First, a returning character that I never thought we'd get a, a return from. The weird, uh, newt, the weird newt lady, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the, the under... The, the black market or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, and... The- uh, it was just a good episode. It was. It wasn't how I put this. This was more just re reestablishing and sort of like cementing Anne's character development as a person. It was also uh, reminding us of her impatience because she did not fully charge that stone. No, and that's. I'm wondering what the consequences of that are going to be. They're not. Whatever. Uh the king wants to do with the power in those stones or them going home are not going to happen. It's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it. Okay. This is not a spoiler, but it, it is a prediction that some could find a sport as a spoiler because, you know, I don't know. People don't like predictions for whatever reason. So I'm just going to. Warning. Warning. Potential. Spoilers. Spoilers. Ahead. Uh huh. Uh, it's gonna be like uh, the the king has the the stone, the 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 box with the stones, and he's gonna be like, finally, the the, the thing I can do, and it's happening, and then it's not fully charged, and that gives them a chance to defeat him. Yeah. Also, it's being and heavily then, implied that the powers from the stones are inside of the three girls. Yeah. What that means? Yeah, because their their eyes are draining. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, by the way, that was that was set up early in the season. I don't know if you noticed, but in the very first episode of season two, when Anne fights the giant vegetable getter robo, her eyes glow blue. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Foreshadowing. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that second temple, Barrel's Warhammer is, hey, it's Sasha and, uh, and Grimes, Grimes, and it, it establishes a, uh, Sasha's still Sasha, uh, no matter who she's bossing around, it's still just all about her to her. I, the, my favorite part of this was that Sasha, how I put Here's the thing about Sasha. Sasha cannot live with the fact that she, that that the two of that Anne and uh, Marcy can are okay without her. Yeah, and that 
um, it's not just about, like, her having control issues. It's more about, like, she feels that She's her... not the center of the universe. Well, it's not just that, but, like, she is emotionally codependent on them. Yeah. She she feels that if she can't be with them and they can be on their own, then what purpose does she have as a person? Yeah. And it's, like, tied to her own self-worth and not just about... Like, it's also her selfishness and sort of, like, she's been in charge this whole time and is a control freak, but it's also about her, again, her self-worth. This is going to come up again in the next episode. Oh, I'm sure. Um, it, but, I mean, not the next episode of Amphibia, but the next oh, right. episode of this show where we talk about yeah, yeah, the, episode 19. In the, the third temple, yes. Uh, No, no, not the third temple. Um, In uh, uh, Battle of the Bands. Well, yeah, that'll be next, ep- next episode, yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, got this it. This will All come right. up again in the next episode. Got it. That we, All right, understood. Of our show, yeah. Um, understood. But, yeah, but also it also you know expands the lore of the world and the Toad Council or whatever. Oh. That ancient Toad King is cool. Yeah, the ancient Toad King is cool. Also, like the hammer seems to be have the same power as the stone. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? You know, I want to know what's up with that. Yeah. Like that's some that's some lore. I want to know what, what to do with that is. It also reminds me of the, um... <clears throat> oh, what is it called? Um... The hammer in uh, the Bloodborne DLC. Oh, the boom hammer? Boom. I guess that's what it's called. Is it called the boom hammer? It's literally just it, called the boom you, hammer. You, like, cock it and then you hit and it explodes, yeah. It's boom just, it's literally just called the boom hammer. Okay, yeah. Um yeah, it reminds me of that. Yeah, it does. It also reminds me of the uh, the this one sword and monster hunter that has a rocket on it. Yes. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. I think there's also a hammer and monster hunter that also has a rocket on it. There's I think there's also like a a hunting horn that has that same gimmick. Yeah. Any of the heavy weapons probably have a version with a rocket on it. Yeah, there was also a um, <laughs> there was a monster in Generations that like had rockets on it, so a lot of its weapons probably had rockets on it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. Anywho, but that's that's Barrel's Warhammer. Uh, next is Bessie and Michelangelo. Did you you got to that right? Yeah, this is just a Roger Rabbit episode. Yeah, it's Roger Rabbit, it's uh Buttons and Mindy, mm-hmm. it's uh Yeah. But it's also, you know, Anne getting her new look. Oh yeah. I wish she'd listen, I'm I'm cool. I like the chess piece. Please, Anne, I'm begging a shoe. you get a shoe. A new sock and a shoe. Please. Please put God on Almighty. Please put on at least two shoes. I'm begging you. But also, it's a fun character design. It, so it, it is, but also, like, please, put on shoes. Or take those yeah. twigs out of your hair at the very least. Or ditch the sh- other shoe and both socks, you know? Just go barefoot? Yeah. At least match. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. I like asymmetrical design, but 
I hate walking with only one shoe. I'd rather go barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel ya. But, yeah, this was just a Roger Rabbit episode. Yeah. But it was... On the, on the matter of the shoe, mm-hmm. at, at least it's just a converse. At, at least it's just a Chuck... Like a Chuck? Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause th- those don't have, like, a real thick sole. It's not gonna be uneven. Anyway. Uh, third Temple. The Third Temple. Ooh. Okay. I gang's all back together. And everything's hunky-dory and all forgiven, except not. Asterisk. Now, the fun thing about this is, which I like, is that we as the audience find out it's a false heel face turn, but because of Anne being so genuine, it might become a real heel face turn. Oh, um, it definitely is. Uh, and that, that, that's not even, uh, with like knowledge from the, the episode after this, that this is, that was my determination after this episode. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's like the obvious thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Sasha is going, she obviously has a plan with Grimes, uh, but you can see at the end there's genuine remorse on her face. Oh yeah, and um, also Anne tell going into the self worth thing. Anne telling her that it's not just about like controlling her life. That but Anne genuinely feels that Sasha inspired her to be stronger and a better person. Yeah, which I like that. It's very good. Yeah, very good. Very good. Because, you know, uh, just because just someone had a shitty impact on your life doesn't mean they also didn't have a, a good impact on your life, or a positive out- impact, at least. Um, yeah, there can be something to be said from, even from a bad experience or a bad role model, taking the good things from it. Yeah, there's something to learn from everyone. Um, you just have to divorce... The thing you learn from who they are as a person, kinda. It it's not the easiest thing to do. Anyway, yeah, third temple was good. It it was it was the jock temple. Do you even lift bra? <sighs> but um, anyway, that's unfortunately I didn't get to, I, when it was where I was watching it. They didn't have the most recent. So that's yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh. So. We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we're going to jump into the Dark Tournament. We'll catch you then. Now, back to Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I am still your host, Laser J, and I'm still joined by Kaiju Emperor. All right, let's uh, hop into the Dark Tournament. Dark Tournament, easily the most iconic part of Yu Hawker show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely... 
up until a certain point when I finally did my like full watch through of it a few years ago, like God, more than a few years ago, like 2012, maybe. Uh, it was definitely the one I thought of as. Are you eating? No. You like sucking your teeth or something? Oh no, sorry, that was. I'm playing with a lighter. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, uh, mouth noises. It, it sounds like a mouth noise. No, it was just um, me, just like the lighter, like snick. Got it, got it. <clears throat> um, anyway, it, it's definitely until uh, I did my like full watch through of the series finally back in like 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely the one I always thought of because it, it was sort of where I left off watching it on Toonami. Oh yeah, same. Or not on to yeah tsunami tsunami sorry yeah um because Yu Yu Hakusho was on tsunami for a while and then it moved to Adult Swim other way started on Adult Swim and then they uh did an edited version for tsunami right 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 gotcha yeah yeah they needed to edit this show that's for damn sure <laughs> yeah the show on tsunami. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned this in the first part where we talked about Spirit Detective, but Yu Hakusho is a pretty gory shonen. Yeah, it's also one that doesn't shy away from cursing. Oh yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Kurama's the only well-mannered character on the show, other than Botan and um. All the girls except Kuwabara's sister. <laughs> let let go, let fucking Karama say fuck. I mean, he could have. I just don't think he would. <laughs> his mom, his mom wouldn't like it. Yeah, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Unlike the rest of them, who are cool. bastards with hearts of gold. Kuwabara's a good boy. Fuck you. No, I mean, okay. He is a good boy, but he's also a bastard with a heart of gold. This is true. The And the bastard with the heart of gold shines through more than the good boy. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I We've had a lot of conversations about tournament arcs off-podcast, just in general. This is the one that kind of rewrote the book on it. Yeah, because Dragon Ball is the one that kind of really started the tournament arc. It it popularized yeah. the concept of the tournament arc in Shonen. Yeah. And then Jiu Hakusho really tried to, like, push the idea of the tournament arc and do different things with it. Yeah. Um, I think one of the main things about the Dark Tournament that's interesting compared to when it came out at the time... Uh, the, unlike the World Martial Arts Tournament, at least the first few, the Dark Tournament has stakes. Yes. You know. It's, yeah. it's not just get stronger and if I lose, I'll just win next time. No. It, it definitely builds off of the, uh, the last uh, World Tournament with uh, King Piccolo uh, and raises the stakes even further than that. Yeah. Um, but it feels like every 
tournament arc since has really been more inspired by the dark tournament than any world martial arts tournament. Yeah. Dragon Ball created the the concept of the shonen tournament arc. Yeah. Or popularized it more more or less, but and every tournament arc since then can trace its DNA back to world martial arts tournament and and the dark tournament. Yeah. It it definitely also feels like the part of Dragon Ball where it fully switched from being a gag manga to being a martial arts manga. Yes. Exactly. Um cuz even when Roshi was training Goku and Krillin together, it still very much felt like a gag. Oh yeah. Uh and the first tournament also felt like a gag, but after everything after that first tournament really had more of a serious not serious i mean nothing in dragon ball ever felt serious there were less gags like there were less gags exactly stakes started to feel like they were stakes like the only gag that i can think of from the uh the final or near the finals of the second world war source tournament was that krillin beat chaotzu by realizing that chaotzu can't count (laughs) yeah uh, definitely that. Uh, you could also say uh, Tau, the way Tao Pai Pai always runs away. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, but. But yeah, the Dark Tournament it has stakes. Every character, um, involved. They are they're not only forced to be there, but like, if they lose, it's not just about their lives. Yeah. For sure. I feel like Hiei would have wanted to be there anyway. Yeah, he probably would have, but he wouldn't want his sister to die, and that was the part no. that pissed him off. Yeah. Uh. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it it it's a real serious one. It it's a real serious tournament arc. I feel like each of them does get character development. Some of them get more than others, but each one of them gets something. Uh. In different ways. Yeah, in different ways. Yes, for sure. Yusuke gets the the lion's share, but we can go down the list. We can we can save Yusuke for last, I think. Yeah, uh, I I think the person who gets the least is actually Kurama. I think it's Hiei. They're pretty. They're neck and neck. Yeah, I'll give you that. Hiei's is way more um, subtle. I'll get, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I the reason why I put um Kurama's f- at the bottom mm-hmm. is because his is more like an expansion of his powers rather than an expansion of his persona. No, I think it it is kind of an expansion of his persona. There are some parts of it like specifically um him wanting to uh reconcile the fact that he is human but also a demon. Yes. Um, it's not, like, explicitly said, but a lot of Kurama's, like, whole deal is that, like, he has this conflict of, I want that power that I used to have, but at the same time, I've grown connected to the fact that I'm human. Yes, but it, to me, it also feels like we've known this already. Mm -hmm. We've known he's had this lurking underneath the surface, and the development is we finally see what's lurking underneath the surface. That's fair. Um, with Hiei, we're seeing not only... 
an expansion of his power set with the the darkness flame uh but also the lengths he's willing to go to to actually protect someone or become stronger in general yes um the other subtle aspect of his character development that i think isn't really brought up is that like early on in the tournament he like every single fight that he's in he completely murders everyone but when we get to the 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 fight between team tagoro he doesn't kill Bui. that's true like it it's a subtle nod to the fact that he a despite never wanting to admit it he a is is getting softer yeah which i think is neat because he is entire arc in this thing is mainly about him focusing on becoming stronger and the darkness flame but you could get a lot of vibes uh off of him because he is so soft-spoken i say soft-spoken he just doesn't say a lot a lot of his develop yeah. a lot of his development can be read from his body language and his like actions yeah it- it's definitely a continuation of his arc from the previous one mm-hmm. uh and you can almost say it's the same arc. It it's not uh, a new character arc for him because it it's a necessary one because he was not likable at all before either of those. Yeah, and these make him into at least the beginning of someone who is likable to a viewer who wants to root for these characters. Yeah, and this is sort of the uh ties back to the sort of an overarching thing that happens with them. Um, this arc. And that's that, like, Hiei is the one who is most disconnected from the team, but, like, they're sort of, like, you know. But the team itself, a sense of camaraderie, I think, is finally truly formed in the Dark Tournament. For sure. For sure. Like, the the 4B stuff felt like everybody was doing it of their own necessity and their own desires, but this felt like, they felt like an actual team. At this point. Yeah. Big time. Big, big time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Kubara, I think I would put next for... Oh, yeah. On the character development K- scale. Kubara gets a lot in this arc, actually. He, he does, but he's still smack dab in the middle, because there's two other people after him who get more. Yeah, yeah. But Kubara... Uh, not counting... Not counting Taguro, because Taguro gets... A lot. A lot of character development in, like, the last three episodes. <laughs> well, not just the last three. Basically, whenever you find out the shit with Genkai, that's when all the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Um, but Kuobara's main thing, his arc in this is, um... How do I put this? At least early on, it's him... Despite being in this terrible situation and, like, the life-or-death scenario... Just sort of reaffirming his own beliefs about honor and being a quote unquote being a man, you yeah. know, like even even in the most desperate of situations, Kurobara refuses to give up his morals. Yeah. Um, and he of course berates him for it constantly. Going back to uh. A jokier conversation we just had. Um, mm-hmm. I would argue that Kubar isn't a good boy, but he is a good man. Yeah, Kubar is a good man. 
uh th- there is a difference there mm-hmm. um but yeah the uh the the other part of kuabara's development in this is it only comes during the end and that's um the the stuff with uh him finding out that genkai is dead yeah and i genuinely think that's one of the better things in this arc is um kuobar up to this point has never backed down uh, this is also a part of it too not just the genkai thing but the his fight with elder togoro is to he has never shown any fear or back down at all whatsoever up until this point but elder yeah. togoro genuinely puts the fear of god into him for sure and it's that fear that keeps him from fighting early on. Yeah. But, um... Uh, I, I would say in addition to that, um, it also addresses uh, the fact that he... He is sort of treated as the whipping boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... he is a comic relief character mm-hmm. uh but he is also he's not a chaotzu you know he he's like an important chaotzu is not the right category he's not a yajirobi not a yamcha yeah he he is an important member of the team he is one-fourth of their firing power he and they treat him like a child most of the time mm-hmm um and it's been a, like I said it's been like since 2012 since I've watched anything after this part I feel like they do a little bit less they still you know use him for comic relief but I feel like they treat him more as an actual member of the team after this yeah he after he has fight with Bowie um this is going back to Dehie a bit but when he is just completely exhausted and he's talking to Kuwabara. You get this weird, like, even though he's shit-talking Kuwabara, you're getting this weird sense that he a kind of has some drop of respect for him at this point. He's, yeah, he's starting to develop that respect. Yeah, even though he will never uh, say it out loud ever. I don't think it will ever develop into full-blown respect, no. but it, 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 it um he at least doesn't you know he he starts to respect him a little but it's never going to be like he's never going to see him as an equal i think yeah and i like that the the spark for kuabara to start fighting truly is he's got this fear in him and then he finds out that genkai is dead and that's when he the uh, Kuobara, his sense of honor really comes into play there. Yeah. Like, he can't stand by and quiver in fear when this horrible person killed someone he cared about. Yeah. And then rightfully so, uh, after they think the fight's over, he fucking just rushes up and punches Yusuke. 
Yeah. And he has every right to be angry at every single one of them. Oh, big time. Like, he... Yeah. Like, Yusuke had his reason for not saying anything, but, like, you couldn't say that for Hiei and Karama. Yeah. It it was just a lack of respect on their part. Yeah, they they didn't Holy. they didn't respect him and like That's what I was talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah you're you're yeah, sorry. Um they just repeated your point. Uh Yeah. <laughs> sorry, but yeah. No, it it's fine. I, I did it sort of divorced from its narrative context and merely from its substantial and you provided the narrative context, so it it's still worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Together we com- we provided a complete thought. Yeah, together we we somehow rubbing the two brain cells together between us. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, it's it's Kuwabara at this because at that at this point throughout the whole tournament he hasn't really had a great track record. Also, in terms of fights, it, but he's had a lot yeah. of like heart. It, yeah, he's very much uh, a Rocky. Or uh, Ippo. He's an underdog. Yeah, he's very much the underdog. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's an underdog. And he, no two ways about it. It's not just, yeah, it's about respect. And the way he says, like, what am I, just a joke? Yeah. What am I to you? It's like, yeah. Yeah. You have a right to be angry. And this, I don't want to get too much into more of that because it kind of ties to Yusuke's character. Yeah. Um, but probably talk about Genkai and Tagoro because they're kind of like intertwined. They're packaged together. Yeah, they're very intertwined. Uh, but I gotta, I gotta ask uh, you because this might be. I love a Genkai. Point where we. The... Sorry. Go on. Hello. Oh, Come sorry. On. Discord shut the bit for me for a second there. Okay. Um, um, what was I, I was just gonna. I was. I was saying this is probably a point where we might disagree, mm-hmm. uh, because we need to decide who we're talking about. Because we're doing this sort of in a a scale of who we thought got the most character development, um, mm-hmm. and we might disagree on this because I think Genkai got more character development than Yusuke. I could see how you would feel that way. I personally think Yusuke got the most, but I think that they. Togoro, this, this, especially near the the last, like, third of the Dark Tournament, there's a lot of shit that goes down with both Yusuke, Genkai, and Togoro. You know? It's all kind of, like, intertwined. So, I don't think... I think they all have to be packaged together as one big deal, you know? Yeah. Yusuke is the continuation of both of their legacies. Yes. Uh, it, it's... It's like Goken, Akuma, and Ryu. Basically. Uh, to, to put it in the... To make a cheap comparison. The, there's probably a much better comparison in other... No, that's a... Uh, martial arts media. That's a good but, comparison. Yeah. Uh, because... Street Fighter doesn't have the heaviest narrative, but you can say... I can imagine... In the story I've created in my head, Ryu's learned just as much from Akuma as he has Goken. Oh, yeah, and then Uh, Akuma... Like, Togoro became a demon to gain strength. Yeah. Like, yeah, the the parallels are right there, and you're not wrong for saying it. Uh, Togoro is Yusuke who went down a dark path. 
Yes. That we kind of see, not to spoil it, but he kind of starts to head down that path a little later later in the series. Yeah. Um, oh. But he's able to pull out of it, thankfully. Yeah. Um, um, the most interesting aspect, at first, the... Uh, the deal with Kutogoro and Yusuke, at least early on, is just like, I need to get stronger, I need to beat this guy. But there's an yeah. extra layer, that there's two extra layers that get added to it near the end. One is, of course, the fact that, like, uh, Togoro killed Genkai. Yeah. And it's just about revenge. But then Yusuke reveals that, like, he had this weird sense of respect for Togoro at first. And he should have admitted that it was like, I've never had any male role models in my life. Yeah. And uh, it, I, th I think that was very telling of him. But anyway. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel wholly deserved, really. Mm -hmm. Um. But I, I, um. Hmm. I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. Um, Yusuke is a man who respects strength. Yeah. And what is Toguro if not strength personified? Exactly. Uh, so there has to be respect there. Mm -hmm. um, and also Toguro left a heavy impact on Yusuke. Fear is very little imprints on a person more than fear. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably the one of the few times in Yusuke's life that he's felt true fear. Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really got anything else to say. On that. Than that. Um, yeah, on that matter. Then I think you could say something about this is all intertwined with Yusuke's development here and that's that despite everything even after all this Yusuke is still putting up walls still oh, yeah he refuses to let himself show his emotions especially fear that the fear in him he will not admit it he won't admit his own fear. He won't admit his own weakness, which is a part of his. He will drive. express it as anger. Yeah, he'll express not it as anger. fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean, let's be real. Yusuke is so fucking repressed. The only thing that will ever make him not put up walls is like intensive therapy. He has to lose everyone in his life. Before he's even willing to consider therapy. He's the type of person who would have to lose everyone in his life before he would even consider therapy. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't think there's ever, like, narratively, there's no good way to make him lower the walls. Yeah. Uh, like, I just, there, there really is no good way. Uh, and even though it needs to happen. It, I would love to see it happen. I mean, it doesn't need to happen. And that the Shonen series, expecting it to happen is yeah. too much. <laughs> that, well, it ties, also ties back to his relationship with Genkai. And in, yes. in that Genkai 
reads him like a book. Oh, yeah. She she knows exactly what he's about, and she keeps telling him all these things that he knows is true, but he doesn't ever want to admit to himself. Because she was close with Taguro, and he really is just Taguro. Yeah, he... Uh, they have the same flaws. Yeah, there's also a gen... There's also a moment that um, I really think is... It's subtle, but it's... um Is... It really... He makes their connection not just like Genkai was a hard ass to him because he needed she needed to be, but and that's when he was trying to absorb the energy, and yeah. in that moment when he was dying and screaming in agony, she realized that he's just a kid. Yeah, and she was willing to like take it away. She wanted she didn't want to see him suffer anymore. She. She projected too much on him, and she finally broke through that projection. Yeah. And, yeah. In a lot of ways, both Yusuke and Genkai are trying to, like... Genkai keeps giving shit, Yusuke shit for not confronting his own demons, but Genkai has been avoiding them her entire life, too. Oh, yeah. And... She shut herself... Genkai, the reason she's a hermit is because the only person she ever cared about became a demon, and she never wants to form a connection with anybody else ever again. Yeah. And then finally she does, and she's seeing him suffer, and also sees the darkness in him that she saw to Goro. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. I, you, did that new Yu Yu Hakusho series ever come out? Was it just a reboot? It's just an OVA. Like some, it was just an OVA. Was it new story or was it a retelling? New story. Okay. I I would trade anything else to to just do a prequel series of Taguro and uh, Genkai. Genkai when they were young and those other two team members that we saw. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I I would love to see them young before he before they were teachers. Mm-hmm. But um, this was I mentioned this when we were talking about Koabara. But another thing that's tied to this and Yusuke's development is that like, cool. The reason Yusuke didn't want to tell Koabara is that because if he said that Genkai was dead out loud, then it would finally mean he was admitting it to himself that she was gone. Yeah, and yeah, Yusuke. Because his emotions are so oppressed, after Genkai died, he was he didn't know how to cope because he only knows how to be angry. And there's nothing yeah. to be angry about. There's no there's no direction for his anger. Except for yeah. Tagoro. Yep. And just and he blames himself at the same time too. He has like survivor's guilt about it. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> yeah, man, it's <sighs> man. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man, oh man. I didn't think we'd get this deep, but you hawk is so good. I mean, it's really good writing, and I think a lot of it is 
we're we're thinking we are overthinking. Oh yeah, no, we're like like, like some of this is obviously like it's is is there, but other parts of it are like some fam fam. It, maybe it's not that deep, but we like reading into the subtext. Yeah, because we're. I think we all know someone who dis who displays similar behaviors as Yusuke or Kuwabara or Hiei. Um, we all know someone like that. Yeah. Uh, not picture, like, not, not just a picture of recreation, obviously, but who displays those you know, toxic masculine behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, that's what they are. They're, they're often attributed to, that's just how men are type bullshit. And it's not good. Uh, and so we're, projecting you know our, our issues with those people um possibly possibly and also just applying the psychology behind those behaviors and what mm-hmm. those behaviors usually mean for the people around those people yeah but i mean it's it's not most of this is explicitly it. said it's mostly just like us reading into the subtext yeah Exactly. Uh, but, like I was saying, that's the fun of it, you know? It is. These aren't real people. Listen, if, we don't, if we're not reading into the subtext, what's the point of this show? Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, but, yeah. The, I mean, it, it's possible to do analysis without... Uh, subtext. Subtext. But, um... There's not much to shonen if you're not reading into subtext. <laughs> Depending on the shonen, but in general, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, without reading into the subtext... For analysis, there's not much to talk about in shonen without digging into subtext. Or... Yeah. Um, yeah. The, um, the other thing I did want to say about the Dark Tournament is... Um, I like that... This, even though this tournament, even though this arc is like 40-something episodes long, it never feels like it overstays its welcome. It's perfectly paced. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it is really well paced. I, I do have to say, um, of all the parts that we have to watch to get through you, Hakusho, this is the one I was dreading the most because it's... The longest? Not even. Hmm. Uh, I'm a little tired of the tournament arc. Um, mm. I'm a little bit tired of it. Uh, and this is, you know, the, the blueprint for every tournament arc we've seen since. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I'm really tired of it. Uh, and I was not enjoying it that much this time around on my third go through of this arc. Mm. Um, but that, that's just. Because exposure. You know, it's just overexposure. It's not a, a question of the quality of it. Yeah, objectively, it, the just... Dart Tournament is a good tournament arc. Absolutely. It, it's the blueprint for a reason. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm calling it the blueprint for a reason. It's possibly... You could argue there's probably better tournament arcs since. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't say they're as influential or as game-changing. They're not, no. I don't think there has been a tournament uh, arc that's been as influential or as game-changing. 
sense. No. I mean, the... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Kimetsu no Yaiba didn't have a tournament arc, even in the manga. I'm pretty sure it never got into that. No. Uh, it was tight enough that it was able to avoid it. Um, I mean, the other big example is, like, the tuning exams. Yeah, the tuning exams is a fucking mess. Uh, it, it's like the, the downward point for... To me, it's the downward point for Naruto. I like, disagree. I think that, like, the tuning exams... And the Sasuke retrieval arc are like the height of Naruto. Okay. It sets the tone for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. It introduces almost all the major players for the rest of the... Like, not all of them, because they're... A lot of them. We don't... A lot of them. A lot of them. Uh, specifically Orochimaru. And and it build every everyone that builds off Orochimaru and the idea that there are other Jinchuriki out there. Mm -hmm. Um But I just really loved the the Land of Waves arc so much more. I mean I really like you know what let's not get into we can talk about yeah. the tuning exams when when and if we talk about Naruto. I really don't want... I love Naruto. I really don't want to talk about it. Well, uh, I, I like a lot of aspects uh, of the changes, especially like the, the test where it's like it's an expected of you to cheat. There's a lot of cool stuff in the forest. Like the, for, the forest okay. of death is super interesting. The early part. And of course, I like, it has the best moment in all of anime ever. Yeah, the... No, the... Okay. The Rock Lee Gaara I like the fight. Early, yes, I like the early parts of it mm -hmm. up until they have the uh the bouts in the big uh spectator arena i mean i'm with it i get it it's just that all of those fights are good unfortunately they are good fights but i also the most interesting argument naruto ever puts forth is in those fights it, it's in his battle with neji yeah and then that that lesson the whole that, point that Naruto proves in that fight is invalidated because he's the son of the four yeah Hokage. but that's but in the moment in at the it, time it's in the moment yes but after the fact it soured me retroactively on that whole ruined, part of it. it retroactively ruins it yeah yeah um, yeah no I feel it but like yeah I I really like. No surprise, I the 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 Gara Lee bout is phenomenal. Um, it's all downhill from there, baby. Yeah. Nothing will ever be. I mean, Shikamaru Tamaru is fun because it also sets up their whole dynamic. Yeah. Also, um, any fight with Shikamaru is good because Shikamaru, who he is as a character, I every one of his fights is interesting because he actually wins by strategy. If I could have if I could rewrite Naruto, I would rewrite everything with Sasuke out of it, mm -hmm. and I would put Shikamaru in the, Sasuke's The spot. rival position? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's pure guts versus pure brains. I think that's a more interesting dynamic. Yeah. And I'd probably also replace Naruto with Lee. <laughs> I mean, we all would, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, just 
Just the dynamic. Why why can't we ever explore Lee and Shikamaru's dynamic? That that that's a dynamic I'd love to see. Yeah. But um. Anyway. Um. And, and sorry. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. Dark. These are. I, mean, I honestly have just like a lot of little things that I like like to comment on. Like um. I don't not to like rip off something that Super Eye Patch Wolf said, but the scene, one of the th- the scenes that humanizes Tagoro and makes him a little more interesting. Just it's one scene, and that's after he kills all of the the board, and then Sakio asks him if he wants a drink, and he asks for orange juice. There's just something about that scene that I really like. Yeah. Um. And the other one was um. I really like a lot of the the sort of the uh, outside of the tournament, like all of them kind of just hanging out and just doing stuff. Yeah, I also liked any scene that was just the girls. Yeah, they didn't need to make Kuwabara's sister that hot. Yeah, they also didn't need to make her have like a weird tension thing with Psycho. Yeah, but uh, whatever. I don't care about that. I just care that she's really hot. She's cool. She's she's really fucking cool. She's really like, cool. Best girl. Best girl. Except she smokes. Except she smokes. So I mean, never in a million years. I can live with that. No, I. The, the, there's very few smells that I hate more than the smell of tobacco. Listen, man, she's she was wearing a pinstripe suit. I don't care. Yeah, no, that's real fucking cool. She's God. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Cigarettes are a bigger turn off. No, you're than no. That's fair. That's fair. On. Yeah. This is just me being horny uh, on main. I know. Yeah. Oh, we'll eventually get to something where I'm horny on main again. Don't worry. I mean, there was a clown character in this arc. Yeah, except no. Not in a million years. <laughs> not in a million years. Though, okay. I did like that character. <laughs> Don't uh, get me wrong. Yeah. I did like that character. But not in that way. Uh-huh. Not in the horny way. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I just liked him because I mean, mm-hmm. his fight was bullshit. He, he he was a pain in the ass. I don't really like him, but I like him like that he gave Kuwabara the sword, and did he give the other thing to Kurama? Yeah, he gave Kurama the the, the potion. That's right. Yeah. Um, and this is a sort of like a small thing. This is sort of like little twelve year old me yeah. thoughts, and. Yeah. But also that little twelve year old me is still inside me is as edgy and as fucking like when you think about it for more than half a second as much edgy as is dragon of the darkness flame is still fucking yeah. cool. All of cool, all, all of Hiei's attacks are the fucking coolest. It's it's called dragon of the darkness flame. It's the most edge lordy move ever, but it's so cool. Yeah, it's forever etched in my brain. I remember being. 13 14 years old and wanting nothing more than to get the uh the, the dragon Tat- front of that tattoo oh, yeah. down at down my arm as a sleeve. Yeah. God, that was so fucking cool. Yeah. God. That was when Hie was my favorite and then I realized that Kobara is the best. Yeah. Yeah. But um now, with all that subtext out of the way, there's not too much else to say about the Dark Tournament, other than, like, there's a lot of fun... There's a lot of fun fights and fun 
powers and interesting characters. Like, talking about it just from a perspective of a tournament, there's a lot of variety in terms of the fights. Yeah, for sure. Um, the the fights are all fun. It's always weird that I would like to see the matches for teams that don't fight any of the main characters. Mm. Like, just two nobody teams. Like, you're never going to see them. They're, one of them is going to lose to Taguro's team off screen. Yeah. I'd still like to see their bouts. Yeah. Rather, like, we did see a little bit of that because we saw one team get bodied by another that, uh, that, that that was then beat by Yusuke's team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would just, yeah. I don't know. It it just, it would flesh out. It would throw off the pacing, but it would help flesh out the arc a little bit to me. Mm-hmm. But you would have to sacrifice pacing. I guess I, I, I know why they don't do that. It's just, there's the part of me that always wants the 10 hour movie that would like to see it. Yeah. Also, whose decision was it to give Jin an Irish accent in the dub? Yeah. Or, uh, oh, the, the lush, oh, a, oh, uh, Chew? an Australian, Chew, an Australian I know, accent. I know why, it's because he looks like he's from Mad Max. Yeah, he does, that's true. That's why he's Australian, I get that. The the Jin thing is just because he's got red hair. Yeah. Maybe he had, did he have like a weird dialect in the Japanese version? He might have had Kansai Ben or something. No, because at the time, if it was Kante, they would have just given him a southern accent. Just thinking of how they did things in the dub world back then. Not even Kansai Ben or an Okinawa accent or something. Maybe, yeah. Just It could just be like, he could have, it could have been a thing of like, no one understands him half the time. <laughs> yeah, he just talks really fast. Talks really fast, or has, maybe he speaks it in like an archaic manner, like I think I've definitely read other manga where there's a uh, a character who speaks in like a older form of Japanese that the characters are like, what's he saying? Degozaru. Yeah. Yeah. But there's yeah, that's the dark tournament. That's a dark tournament. I just wanted to get those little things out of the way because we just mostly talked about like deep subtext and all the big shit, you know. The announcers were fun. Oh yeah, the May and uh, the Fox Girl, yeah, yeah, they're great. Uh, I loved watching all of those shitty billionaires die. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, just millennial things. Just millennial things. Anyway. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's that's a dark tournament. Yu Hakusho still good. All after all these years. Yeah, I had a a buddy in high school and out of high school too. But I met him in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, who always swore like Yu Hakusho is way better than Dragon Ball Z. I agree, just hands down. I yeah, I I I didn't argue then, but I also thought he was a little crazy at the time. But after watching it all the way through, yeah, it's it's a much tighter, much better product than DBZ. Yeah. Uh, it's just the matter of the fact that DBZ was more influential. 
Yu Hakusho holds up better. It really does. Like it also does power creep a little better. It does. It really does. And also the powers are more varied and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Not just my big beam that's purple. Versus my big beam that's golden. Or my big energy ball that's green. That's that is the most that is the worst cardinal sin, like just from a shonen anime battle perspective of Dragon Ball, is that like at its core, shonen man- battle manga should be about two characters with two cool and interesting and varied powers fighting each other and seeing how their powers like clash. And then Dragon Ball, yeah. like our two main characters, Vegeta and Goku. Vegeta's Goku's signature move is the Kamakamaha. It's a big blue beam. Yeah. Now, what's Vegeta's signature move? The final flash, which is a big beam, but it's yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's so... God. It's it's the problem that he set out just to make a gag manga, and it got away from him. Yeah. It It's the biggest case of a, a thing getting away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but... We can probably get more deep in on the pain on that when we actually do talk about Dragon Ball, because I do want to talk about Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball we will talk about. Yeah, um, bring my... I insist that we start with Dragon Ball before Oh, Z, no, we're going to go in order. But... We're going to go in chronological order here. Good, good. Um, For sure. The only thing that I wonder about is do we do Super then GT, or do we do GT then Super? Here's the here's here's a thought. Or do we just ignore them all? No, 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 no. no. Here's a thought. Here's a thought. Here, yeah, here's a thought. Yeah, let's just ignore Super and GT. <laughs> yeah. Though I genuinely do want to finish Super. I don't. I was watching it for a while. I, um, I don't. I, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of do. Uh, I might just do it. Yeah, do it on your own time because I'm um, not suffering through Super again. Fair enough. Uh, that that we can do the movies that sh- the, the the super yeah, movies that's true. that shit with Jiren and it still makes me angry. Yeah. Okay, but that's it for uh, the dark tournament. Mm-hmm. That's it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna take a short break, and upon our return, we're gonna close this bitch out. We'll see you then. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm still your host, Laser J, and I'm still joined by my buddy here. How's it going? Yep. Yay, we're, uh, we got it done in three segments this week, which is pretty good for us. Uh, so we're just going to close this out now and then we'll uh, see you in June uh, but if you want to get in contact with us between then and now well you know before the contact uh, please rate and review yeah if you like the show if you've gotten this far and you like what you heard please yeah review us leave a comment feedback anything like that it really helps yeah uh, in addition to that uh, if if you want to make sure we see your comment, uh, you can drop us a line at 
acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Can I get that back? That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Yep, I'm taking a look at the email, and there's a whole lot of nothing. But if you want to get in contact with us another way, you can find us on Twitter, at Inc. Podcasts. That's at I-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. That's at Inc. Podcasts. And there's nothing there either. Uh, yeah, you can at Contacting us. You can at us. Uh, you can also find us on Tumblr at uh, acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcast.tumblr.com. The Aspoc is, is open, but we don't have any access this week. Okay. Well, uh, that's how you can get in contact with the show. If you want to get in contact with one of us specifically, you can find me on Twitter at Turbo Honcho. That's at T U R B O H O N C H O. That's at Turbo Honcho. Uh, Kai, where can they find uh, you? You can also find me on Twitter at Kaiju underscore Emperor. That's K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. And you can find me on Tumblr at Kaiju-Emperor. spelled the exact same way. Those are retweets, reblogs, things I like, that sort of thing. But if you want anything original from me, I have a side. And if you like tabletop things, I have a side blog on Tumblr called Kai's Tome. That's K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. And that's usually where I reblog uh, maps, uh, other homebrew things, post my own homebrew things for tabletop stuff, mainly D&D, and some more things. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for this week. Uh, that's it for till June. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back first week in June. Uh, and we'll be taking a look at some TMNT stuff. Not the original cartoon. Uh, we're going to be looking at the 2003 series and the 2007 CG movie. Mm-hmm. That is what we said, It right? is what we said. Turtle power, dude. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I, I threw out the, the right two uh, mm-hmm. versions. Anyway, uh, but until then, don't be a jackass. We'll catch you. We'll see you then. Bye. Over there? I guess. B-b-barbarian.